Hey everybody, welcome back to the Unafraid Podcast. I'm Jay, and this is episode... Well, gosh, I don't really even know what episode we're on anymore. We're somewhere in the 40s, I think, which I think is uh, pretty fantastic. Um, I'm in my 40s, and I'm not doing so bad, so I guess that's a, that's a good thing for the show. Uh, we have another wonderful guest today, but before we get into that, I do want to give a big shout-out to the show's sponsor, Rebecca Jonesy. Uh, Rebecca is a fiction author and a good friend of mine and a big ally to the queer community. Uh, Rebecca writes stories that are, well, they, they're a little bit of everything. She writes fantasy, she writes romance, she writes action-adventure, so if any of that sounds good to you, um, definitely look for her in the episode show notes. I'll have a link right to her website, and we really appreciate you, Rebecca. I, I really appreciate you keeping the show going. Well, let's see, uh, any big news going on for me right now? I don't think so. I think we can just get right to work here and get into the show. Our, our guest today is a doctor, which I'm super geeked about. Davina, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jay. Thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome. It, it's good to hear from you again. Uh, Davina was actually uh, on another podcast with me not long ago, Spilling Ink, which is a writing and publishing show. So I'm, I'm really excited to get to, uh, to talk to you again. Well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, for, first, I need to clarify, I am not a medical doctor. I'm a clinical psychologist, uh, so I'm a doctor of philosophy. So I just want to be, be clear there. I'm not, I'm not a surgeon or anything like that. Um, <laughs> well, there's I, a Ph.D. Uh, after your name, so you get doctor it, from it, me. Exa- exactly. So, well, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm out in California, and um, uh, basically uh, what I do is I support people in Moving through their any you know obstacles internal or external so that they can live authentic and fully expressed lives, um, and I love doing that. I love supporting people to, you know, be their authentic selves, follow their hearts, and and really come come you know do what they came here to do on the planet and live the live their best life basically. That's awesome. and I don't think it's cheesy. <laughs> Some people might think that's cheesy, but I don't think that's cheesy. Well, I think when we're yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's that's cheesy either. Um, although I do have lots of questions about that. Now I did I did. Uh, it's been a, a couple of days, but um, I, I read a sample chapter of "It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself." Um, I haven't oh, read the the sample yeah. of the the Mana Paradigm Shift yet. Um, and you know, I, I I love this I love this idea of "It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself," and it and it's. Kind of, and, and this is a book that I'm going to be buying, guys, because not not just because I want to support people who come on the show, which I do, but um, because I'm at a time in my life where I'm 41 years old and um, just a couple of years out from realizing that, that I am not only a, a queer person but I am a, a trans person trying to, to trying to figure out my life out, but also that I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with myself as a person when it comes to work when it comes to living when it comes to you know how i want to how i want to be a father to my kids and you know where i want to go with my life and, and so i have a lot of questions and it seems like an odd time to be having all these questions you know i i feel like you know i'm halfway through my life right now i i shouldn't be doing this or i mean is this a really unusual time to be having these questions or 
Mm. Uh, no, not at all, actually. I, I think that, um, so, so my experience with, with clients and even my own personal experience, which uh, you know, talk a little bit about in a, in a moment, um, when, we're kind of, when we're in our 40s, that, you know, it's sort of known as the, the midlife transition or the midlife crisis or the midlife opportunity. It's where we look back and we think about how we've lived our lives and we get clearer on what's important and what's true for us. So like the first maybe, uh, you know, four decades have been about trying to accomplish what society encourages us to do, you know, get, get our education, um, climb the ladder, get married, have kids, whatever it is. And we're sort of living from this place of what is, what does the world expect of us? And, we're trying to tick all these boxes and climb all these ladders, et cetera. And we start to realize, well, some of those things, you know, feel good. Other times we get to the place where we realize, well, is this all there is? You know, it's like we've done it, but we're satisfying the ego's needs and not the soul's needs. And so, you know, know, around 40 or whatever, during that midlife opportunity, we do start to come back to ourselves and we think, hey, you know, what really matters to me? What does my heart want? Am I living my life according to my own values? Or am I, you know, just reading the script of what other people have put out there for me? And so I think that awakening is really powerful um, around, you know, 40, 41. And I know it was for me, um, even actually Earlier, a few years before that, I remember I, uh, I'd gotten my PhD, I was working, I had a great job, I was making six figures, uh, I was married, I had a house, and I was really depressed. And I was like, what is up? And I realized it was because, again, I was, I was going after what society wanted for me, and I didn't even have time to, you know, I, had, I took vacations, but I didn't have time to just stop in the middle of the day and have a cup of coffee. I was always expected to be someplace. I was always needing to do something. And I felt like I just kept getting to this place where my life doesn't belong to me. And it's gotten away from me. And I wanted to slow it down and come back to what matters to me and what are my values? Because I've been living from what the middle class dream has told me to want and desire. And it may not actually be what is best for me or what I want or desire. Does that make sense? It does. It it does. And you know, this is I think something that um, my my own therapist has has tried to talk to me about because I, like so many people, um, I suffer from a lot of anxiety and I and I do have depression. And at this time in my life, I've I'm realizing that I've really been living in a lot of fear. Um, and and not fear like some people may think of it. You know, I I'm not uh, in any danger of an in, imminent uh, um, injury or anything like that. Although, funny aside here, I am wearing a, a handful of uh, Steri strips and bandages on my finger because I attempted to save my dog from uh, stepping onto this really uh, sharp broken glass vase that I found in the backyard. And oh, in no. do in doing so, I shoved my hand right right into the glass and sliced oh. my finger open. So I actually I came back from the doctor this morning, and, and those are the type of doctors I don't like seeing. I don't like seeing them at all. But yeah, uh, but other than from myself, you know, I'm not in any kind of uh, imminent danger. But 
um, you know, I've, I've always had this fear of, you know, a fear of being alone or a fear of failing, fear, a fear of not making enough money and I live in a box, you know, and I, I think I mm-hmm. even brought that up for some reason last time we, we talked, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and I don't know where these fears came from. I, I don't remember my my parents teaching me to be afraid of these things. Maybe they did. But so now I'm at a point where I'm like, God, I'm I'm actually an adult, you know, in my 40s. I want to be taking control of life. I want to go have adventures with my wife and kids and just enjoy myself. But it seems like as soon as I start to tow myself out of the box just a little bit, I, I'm, I'm hit by that fear again. And it's like, why can't I just grab a hold of me and be me and be happy with it? It's really frustrating. Yeah, I, I, it is. And I, I think that there's a couple of things going on. One is that there's a lot of social programming out there um, and, you know, even, even religious uh, indoctrination that tells us that we, we shouldn't follow our hearts, that we have to really be careful um, that uh, we're not safe. You know, and we need something outside of ourselves, uh, material to make us safe. You know, whether it's, um, you know, we need to a religious institution or money or things like that. Like we are, we're really programmed to be afraid, and it gets us to toe the line, and gets us to conform. It gets us to, you know, um, kind of put our our power, uh, give our power to politicians, to corporations, to religious leaders, and to not trust ourselves and our own inner knowing or our own inner guidance or connection with a, the higher mind or the higher self or you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we, um, yes, we give our power away. And what, what you find is that if you can break through that fear and start doing those things, You'll, you will start to connect with sort of the order of the universe that takes care of you. Um, but it's, it's a giant leap that you have to take. And it's terrifying because it's, it is out of your comfort zone. Um, and, you know, again, like the, the news is constantly feeding us things of like, we should be afraid of this. We should be afraid of that. Um, everything's going to you know, go against us. And it, it takes a lot of courage to, to tune out those voices. And to, again, um, to meditate, to come back to ourselves and, and to, um, to take the chance to trust life in a different way. And if you read, if you read the first chapter of It's Never Too Late to, to Be Yourself, you read the story about uh, Patricia, who uh, was a client of mine that was coming out as transgender. Uh, and um, I believe I mentioned that they were in their 40s as well. And... Um, joined me on a trip that I, uh, a, a workshop I was leading in Venice, Italy, which is one of my favorite places to be in the world. It's just this beautiful city uh, without cars. It's a walking city. It, it feels like the divine feminine to me. It's your, um, your the, the buildings are literally uh, in between canals and it's, and it's ocean water. So the tides come through. So you're really, even though it's a city, you're deeply connected with nature, with, um, with, you know, the ocean, with the tides coming in and going out. 
and um, uh, just the, it smells like the ocean air there. Uh, there's um, you know lots of seagulls and it's just a very beautiful place. It, it, the city of Venice was built on a lagoon um, in in Italy, and so I love taking writers there because it's the kind of it's it's beautiful. Um, the art there is incredible, and it's a place where writers can walk and connect with their own inner rhythms and the rhythms of the ocean. And uh, so I think it really opens up people's hearts, their senses. And I think, you know, to be a good writer, you really need to to connect with your own inner voice, your own inner rhythms. Um, and so I was leading these, these writing retreats there. And the writing retreats also had an element of uh, life coaching. So I do that too. And so kind of looking at what's blocking you from being fully self-expressed in your life and in your writing. And so uh, Patricia uh, was one of the participants who, who joined me there. And it was the first time in her life that she got on a plane and she packed only, um, you know, feminine clothes, only uh, clothes for her new gender that she was, you know, finally owning. And it was so brave of her to show up um, and, you know, and claim her new self for her fully for this entire trip. And I felt very honored to support her in that and um, and to just to just be there witnessing, supporting um, and honoring that. Yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are. Whenever you feel the call, you've got to listen to it because all those years of, of, of stifling, you know, her true identity um, could finally could finally come out now. So um, yeah, that's that's a, a big part of that story in, uh, in in the chapter, the first chapter of it's never too late to be yourself, and how important it is for us to listen to those inner calls, and uh, and also to support one another, you know, to to really um, be there as people are uh, coming out authentically, whatever that means. That doesn't necessarily mean a, a gender transition. It could be, you know, leaving an unhappy marriage. It could be leaving a, a career path that um, is no longer fulfilling or never was fulfilling to do something that you feel drawn to. It could mean, um, you know, I love this movie Nomadland where you know, the woman is, is living in a van and, and traveling around and kind of going. Some of it is for uh, financial reasons, but others of it is like, where is her heart leading her next? Where does she want to go next? And really becoming connected to herself. So authenticity and sovereignty are really important um, values of mine. So being true to yourself, following your heart, and really being free. And not freedom that hurts anybody else, but freedom to live your life in a, in a you know, free from outside structures that hamper you or hinder you. Well, and I do expect everyone listening to send in your $40 copay for this, uh, for today's therapy session. <laughs> um, we do, we do expect. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've, you've made, you know, how do, how do I put this? But you've, you've dedicated yourself, it, it seems to, to really helping others to become themselves and to, to find themselves and, and, to break free of the the things that are holding them back, which is incredible, you know. And I wonder, kind of, where did where did this journey start for you? Great question, Jay. Thank you. 
Yeah. Uh, well, so I remember being 13 or 14, a little fuzzy now because it was a while ago, <laughs> but, uh, you know, realizing that um, I had uh, feelings of, of attraction to the same sex and having grown up, uh, you know, being told that that was a sin, that that was wrong, that you were going to go to hell, um, you know, and I'd already heard some of that. Uh, I also have a Jewish ancestry, and so, and I grew up in a rural Baptist community in, in Oregon, and uh, I was told all the time I was going to hell for, for you know, being Jewish and having Jewish ancestry, and now I was, you know, knew that, that this was another thing that people would tell you they go to hell for. And, um, but I remember just uh, being so um, confused by it and, and not understanding, and, and I started drinking to make the feelings go away. Um, I think I had a, a boyfriend at the time, and uh, I couldn't even, like, be with him, like kiss him or whatever without drinking. So I started having an alcohol problem in my early teens to try to make those feelings go away. And um, and I had uh, struggled with suicidality. And I remember this one moment where I just got really clear, and I was like, um, you know, I – I got this this idea that God had given me this and that I could either accept this path as a gift, that being gay was a gift from God, and um, and I could move forward from that place, or I could go, okay, this was given to me, and I'm going to kill myself and just be done with it and not live this life, not have to go through whatever it is. And, um, and I just decided, I was like, no, this, I want to, I want to receive this gift. I want to accept this gift. And if I do, it means I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to love myself and I'm going to not hide this. And, um, and I'm going to live my best life and I'm not going to live in shame. And so, and that was what I chose. I chose. So I, um, you know, it took me a little bit to, to quit drinking, but I did. I actually got into 12-step programs as a teenager. Um, I got the help that I needed. I came out to everyone. And, um, you know, I think when you're an LGBTQ person, there still will be moments where you have to deal with internalized, you know, homophobia. And, and uh, I'm also a non-binary, two-spirit person. So dealing with uh, cis sexism, uh, heterosexism, homophobia, all those things are real. I still have to deal with them. Uh, but early on, I made the decision that, you know, I was made in the image and likeness of God and being gay is a part of that. And, and I am a unique, um, you know, representation of the human tapestry and I'm going to celebrate my life. And that has made a huge difference. And and absolutely being committed to helping other LGBTQ people and allies to be their unique, authentic selves and to celebrate their lives and the unique gifts that they bring um, to our, our, you know, human tapestry. We're not all the same and we don't need to be. And so that has been my commitment is that I, I, I want people to be who they are. I want them to love themselves and I want to support them in that and to walk their path because I think the world is a richer, uh, more beautiful place when we do. 
Well, and I like that, and I and I I have to ask. I was raised in the uh, in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which mm-hmm. is just Catholic for for anyone out there who's wondering, um, and. You know, so I, I heard many of the same things growing up in regards to uh, LGBTQ people. And I'm, I'm wondering, did you, because I love how you, you looked at yourself, you know, how this, how being gay for you was, was a gift from God. And, and you know, you could, mm-hmm. you could either accept it and, and kind of be happy about it, or you were going to end up killing yourself. And I think that you know that that's very true for many people, especially uh, trans people. You know, um, it, it's a very difficult thing to accept um, if you're not prepared for it, or if you haven't been raised to be accepting or affirming of it. But did you have a hard time accepting that? Um, you know, given that you had heard so many negative things, maybe from you know religious leaders or, or peers that. You know, being gay was bad. Was it difficult for you to accept that? You know, no, being gay is is good. It's from God. I think um, early on, I started to see the manipulation that took place um, in many religious teachings, and that they were skewed. Um, I remember being taken by a friend to Sunday school, and. It was about, you know, you had to learn to be good or you were going to go to hell. And I remember thinking, well, why wouldn't you just be a good person? Why do you have to have the threat of hell hanging over you to be a love, a good neighbor or a loving person or care about people? Like, this doesn't make sense. And I just felt like, you know, um, this teacher, uh, Jesus, uh, wouldn't be threatening people. That just wouldn't. It just, just wouldn't. I was like, if Jesus is about love, then Jesus is about love. And um, and I was just kind of able to see through some of the, the dogma early on. I was able to see that, you know, they, there was a reason that, that, that they wanted different spiritual teachers, not all of them, but many of them or the institutions wanted you to be afraid because they made money off of your fear. And, um, and, and they got to tell you and have the power. And so I just, I don't know, I just felt early on that it's like, well, you know, you don't, you don't need all of that to be connected to, um, to God, to the divine, that we, we all have a, a connection that goes right there um, and that we can find, you know, some, some people find it through nature, um, some people find it through a sunset or a sunrise, but that that energy of a divine uh, is available and exists to all of us and we don't need an intercessor to bring that to us. Um, it can be wonderful to have a spiritual teacher uh, who can help us understand and learn and grow. Um, but but our our connection to life itself, to, to the divine itself, it, it's not, we don't need that to get there. We, we all have access to that through our heart um, and, you know, by our very existence. And so I just, I just got that. I just got some of that early on, and, and it just magnified for me. And again, I think there's wonderful things about different spiritual communities. It's great to have a spiritual community. But if a spiritual community makes you feel bad about yourself and you have to pay them to feel better about yourself, there's something wrong there. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, 
and and I, I do want to apologize to everyone. I kind of uh, stumbled through that that question I was just asking uh, uh, Davina there, but I, I think you guys all all knew what I was trying to say. Um, and I, I'm wondering, do you think that ability to, you know, as you said, see through the the dogma? Do you think that that kind of translated to other areas in your life where you kind of see through these walls that maybe are constraining you or others in, in order to get through them? Yeah, I think I think with a lot of things, we have to kind of uh, imagine we're Dorsey with the Wizard of Oz and like we need to peek behind the curtain. You know, what 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 else is going on or what else might be possible here? What, you know, who benefits if I feel this way? Um and, and just, you know, uh, being open to questioning, questioning systems. Um, human perception is, is manipulated. And we, we know with, you know, uh, commercials that we can be enticed into buying something we don't need or eating something when we're full. Um, I think it's really important to just keep waking up um, and, and looking at what's there and and I think that one of the best ways to wake up is to uh, keep opening your heart, meditating, um, following the things that you love, and just listening to your heart because the, the head can really manipulate us. Um, our minds can be brainwashed. We can be led to believe things that aren't true. But our heart is really is also an intelligent organ. And when we follow our heart, um, you know, the heart is, is, is honest. Uh, and, and that's what I learned to trust early on, right? When you come out as an LGBTQ person, this isn't about your head. This is about your heart. It's, it's about love. I, I love someone. Um, and society is telling me I can't, you know, love this person because we have the same, you know, uh, body parts. What? That, that's crazy, right? Um, we're souls, you know, people are souls. And then also, it, you know, in terms of gender, it's about being fully expressed. I mean, there was a time where women couldn't ride bikes. What? You know, that's crazy. The, the kind of uh, the, the misogyny and the, uh, the ways that we are told who, who we can be and how we can act instead of everyone being free to walk after dark or, wear pants or wear a skirt if you want to wear a skirt. Um, these these uh, delineations are so arbitrary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I mean when you when you when you think about it, all of the all of the rules, every, every, everything that we exist within for the most part is is kind of a a human construct. You know, it's all been made by humans and mostly older male humans. Um mm-hmm. And there's a lot of it that's just that's just BS. Um, it's just crap, yeah. and it doesn't really work for our lives, and it certainly doesn't work um, for you know celebrating your life, as, as you said. You know that's that's not what that that's not what what we've been taught. Um, <laughs> you know, we've been taught to make money, be productive. You know, do your your job, have your kids, and and sometimes that that's not right for us. Right. And, there, and some of it is just like indoctrinating us to be worker bees for something else, you know, to give our, our power and our time and our life force to that in a way that benefits, you know, a bigger system or something else. 
and not necessarily uh, benefiting our own our own best interests. And the other thing too is that a lot of these constructs are based on on misogyny and patriarchy and you know the oppression of, of women and people of color and um, and you know and even like why do we need to have um, male and female clothing? Why not have masculine and feminine clothing? Why not have more unisex clothing? Why, when I walk into a department store, you know, do the things that I'm buying are in the men's section? And, you know, uh, as, as, a, as a non-binary person or two, and a two-spirit person, why can't I just, why can't clothing just be on a gender spectrum? You know, as which is what we all are. We're all on a gender spectrum. Why does it have so to be? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, why does it have to be men's and women's, boys and girls? Uh, I, you know, and I know that, 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 you know, people on Fox News would be like, oh, the cancel culture now, they're canceling the men's department at Macy's. Oh and it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's archaic. You know, it's archaic. Yeah. Well, and there, there are, uh, a couple of sites that uh, have popped up on my social media that are supposed to be a clothing for you know more non-binary or, or you know non-gendered clothing, and you know I, I've mm-hmm. looked on them, and and of course most of the clothing on there are, are for uh, very thin, very pretty people of, of any mm-hmm. gender that they want. And I'm like, well, that's that's not going to work for me because I'm I don't think I'm particularly ugly, but I'm I'm definitely not a thin person. It's like you know I want to wear something that is pretty, but also fits this kind of man's body that, that I live with. And mm-hmm. I can't have that, you know, that doesn't exist. So damn it, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to make that clothes close and I'm going to make them for myself. Yeah. And, and a lot of people do end up doing that, um, making their own clothes. Uh, but you know, not all of us have, have time to do that. And, if there was a, a, some changes of like, you know, uh, again, get rid of the men and females, make it uh, masculine and feminine, um, or just, you know, suits and skirts and dresses. Just call it the suit section. Here's the suit section. Here's the dress and have it be available for everyone's sizes, you know, um, make that a possibility. I think, I think that would be just fantastic. Yeah. And I think that it would be, it would really help with a lot of people's self-esteem because I feel like if, when you when you feel good about the way you look, it, it does translate into to how you feel. You know, not not always. Um, you know, sometimes I feel just fine in my uh, in my party time pug shirt and my pajama pants, but um, mm-hmm. other times I want to feel like other people might respect me when they look at me. Um, you know, and you you said something interesting about how. Uh, a mind can be brainwashed and you know i i truly believe that and and we can we can be brainwashed uh, by our, ourselves you know we can brainwash ourselves and in fact i i was listening to a some podcast a you know love podcast and they were talking about the uh developments of uh paraphilias i think i'm saying that right but mm-hmm. um yeah you, know, you are d- different different things that we enjoy and and how those can be manipulated just by what we're doing or looking at when we're aroused i'm like wow i mean the mind can be the mind can definitely be molded now when it when it comes Mm -hmm. to your books and when i say brainwashing in in this case i'm not talking about it in a in a bad way is this kind of a way of 
retraining or, or brainwashing yourself into, into a more positive direction? Yeah, so I would use the term uh, self-talk, that self-talk, intentional okay. self-talk, yeah. So again, there's lots of, we're, we're constantly being bombarded by the media, um, by, uh, you know, uh, themes that we've grown up with, things that we've heard on the, on the playground or in the uh, sanctuary, um, on our TVs. We're, we're constantly being indoctrinated by other people's messages and agendas, et cetera, et cetera, and beauty standards and gender standards and all of that stuff. So um, one of the ways to take back your life, uh, and that's the subtitle, well, the, the subtitle of the book is of um, It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself, is follow your inner compass and take back your life. One of the ways to do that is with intentional self-talk. So you're starting to put your own new thoughts in your head that, that you want to think. Like, I love myself. I approve of myself. Um, I... Um, uh, I, I'm a, I, I love my body. Um, I express myself in ways that are authentic to me. Um, I follow my heart and live my true nature, whatever it is. Like it, it, it's a way of um, creating self-loving, intentional uh, talk. And um, all of my needs are met by the universe. Um, you know, I, I, I follow the flow and uh, life shows up for me, things like that. Um, and whatever makes sense to you to say, but you know, I'm okay. I'm safe. Uh, I speak my truth and, um, and I am respected and thoughts that will kind of neutralize or counteract the, the fearful thoughts that you've been indoctrinated with. Does that make sense? It does. It, it does. And, and I have a confession to make and, uh, yeah. hopefully you, you don't, aren't aren't put off by this but i am i have always been intimidated by um let's let's say inspiring people um i've been very intimidated by them because of course i i feel small and and scared and and i know it's it's mm-hmm. just a my brain thing but you know there's you know there's there's people on social media like I'm, you know we had a, a lady on the show not long ago uh, named june who is a pastor and amazing story and and just really kind of lifted herself up and did what she wanted to do and, it, and it's incredible mm. and then you know a, a, amanda jete knox who's been on the show an author and it, it actually wrote the book that 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 cracked my egg uh so to speak and uh another wonderful mm-hmm. and inspiring woman and and but i still find them intimidating um you know people who who when they they post they're incredibly positive but it, it's always like, you know, and, and I, I did this and you can do this. And when I see that, I'm like, but, but I can't do that. But I'm, but I'm, I'm so small and I'm so scared and, and I don't know how. And, and so for some reason, I, I kind of, I shy away from that, that type of thing when really I, I, you know, logically, I know that I should be, I should be gravitating towards it and instead of falling away from it. But I'm just, I don't know. Maybe it's that I'm I'm scared of that that big Indiana Jones leap of faith that you were talking mm-hmm. about of taking that first step. Do you, I mean, could that be what it is? Yeah. So I mean, one of the things that can happen uh, is that when we start to move into claiming our voices or making those changes, um, our lives can 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 change. They can kind of bust open or uh, or really transform. And so 
you may be in that place where you're afraid to do the next thing because um, it'll transform your life. It, 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 you know, uh, and there may be some things that would shift in your life that you're afraid of losing or not ready to lose. Um, you know, sometimes, again, we, we will stay small because uh, being bigger or, or sharing our truth um, it can be disruptive. Uh, you know, we can step into our power and discover that, you know, certain things don't fit us anymore. And I, I don't, and I don't, I'm not saying this would happen to you because I don't know your truth and I don't know your circumstances, but sometimes people step in their power and their marriages end, you know, or, um, or they lose friends because people really could be okay with them when they were small and, you know, non-threatening. But when you start to uh, expand or claim your authentic self or, you know, be who you came here to be, it can intimidate and threaten other people who maybe aren't being authentic in their own ways or they don't know how to deal with what you're doing. And so sometimes, um, you know, things, things do change. And it's, I, in, and it's never too late to be yourself. I talk about the caterpillar. You know, the caterpillars live their life a certain way and then suddenly something inside of them starts to change and they literally wrap themselves up in a, in a cocoon. And there's a period of just, you know, looks like nothing's happening, right? There's, there's this intense stillness. They're no longer living the life of a caterpillar, but they're not living the life of a butterfly yet. And everything is changing. They don't even, they they don't have their feet anymore. I mean, they become a pile of mush and, then they begin to emerge as a butterfly. I think that human beings go through, um, and maybe not everybody, but but many of us, either we have like a spiritual awakening or something, a trauma happens or a near-death experience or we lose someone, and we go through some version of that metamorphosis, that transformation, Um and it can be very scary to go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly. And, and you might be having some of that, Jay. You might have some of that going on. I, again, I don't, I don't know. We've, we've only met uh, the one time before, um, so I don't know your whole story. Uh, but sometimes that fear is a fear of um, how power. like we're afraid of our own power. We're afraid of how powerful, and I'm not saying power over somebody else, but just like, embodiment, the embodiment of our, um, I'm just getting this image of, again, of a butterfly, like opening up its wings and shining. Like sometimes we're, we're afraid to be fully seen because it's into being our full power because it's, it can be scary. Right. And then we can be judged or, you know, again, we, we might lose things in our life that existed before, but now we're opening up to a brand new life, which can be very beautiful. Well, and I, I think that I've been fully owning the fact that I'm, I've been just a human pile of mush here for a while. Um, <laughs> nice. and, you know, and, and, and on the very first episode of this show, when I did the intro, um, you know, I, I said this, you know, the show is called Unafraid. And, but I am, I am afraid, you know, I'm afraid of a lot of things and a lot of big changes that are happening in my life. But the whole idea of this show is to learn from everyone else and, and try to, and try to rise above that fear a little bit and and hopefully it it helps a little bit to do that but yeah you know we're we're 
we've all got so so far to go with ourselves i think and that if we're if we're not we're not letting ourselves i mean if we are the ones that are stopping ourselves from getting there um then i think that it's at that point that maybe we we do need a little bit help you know maybe we do need to talk to doctors or, or therapists and and look into into books like this where you know, someone who actually knows what they're talking about um, can can help to kind of guide us out of this human mush phase, um, because even though it is quite comfortable inside this chrysalis, um, I'm you know without sounding too corny, I I feel like I really am ready to to kind of get out there and see what the wings look like. You know, I think that would be that would be awesome to be able to do. Yeah, and, and what would that look like for you? Like, just if you were to spread your wings a little bit more, how do you envision that for yourself? Well, let's see. It starts with a large pepperoni and olive pizza, um, because that's what all good things start with. Uh, and beyond that, I don't know. You know, you know what? You know what I really would love to do. I'd love for, you know, me and the family to move out of Michigan and experience, you know, some, some place new, some place, you know, on the other side of the country, out west maybe, and experience mm-hmm. a different landscape and some different weather and and be able to go on more outdoor adventures. And, you know, as far as as me personally, I think that as long as I'm with my family and we're we're doing cool things together, I'm usually mm-hmm. pretty happy. But you know, that's of course that's not always the case. You know, I have depression, and and that decides to rear its ugly head whenever I don't want it to. But, you know, I I started uh, a few months ago on uh, feminizing hormones for the first time, and um, congratulations. Unf- well, thank you, thank you. Um, unfortunately, it it didn't it didn't really go very well to, uh, for me. Um, you know, one of the potential side effects of uh, feminizing hormone therapy is. Um, you know, an increase in depression and anxiety. And it's it doesn't ha- happen that often from what I understand, but unfortunately it, it did for me. And it got so mm. severe that I was I was back to um, a very suicidal place. And so I, you know, I, on my own, you know, I, I have to pat myself on the back for that. I did, I wrote my doctor and my therapist and I said, hey, you know, this, this ship is sinking, you know, we're, we're gonna have to, you know, press pause on this. And probably mm-hmm. within a week, um, I started to kind of surface out of the fog again. So, but, you know, I don't, I don't feel the regret or the disappointment like I thought I would because I was brave enough to actually try. And I think mm-hmm. that just in trying, I found out mm-hmm. a lot about myself and, and I feel good about that person that, that I, I, I actually let myself meet for the first time. And so, um, and so to anyone awesome. who, who hears this, don't definitely don't feel bad for me. You know, I, it just, it, it was, it felt like I was learning and I was grateful for that. I think that's so important to be able to, you know, turn over uh, every rock and see like, what, what do I want to do next? What do I want to try? Does this work for me? Um, and be able to, you know, just asking ourselves those questions and trying things out. Um, you know, again, like, at various parts in my journey, um, I, I mean, when I was 15 years old, I, my mom said, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I, I want a sex change. And that was in the 80s. And that, you know, that's what we called it then. And, uh, and that wasn't even a possibility uh, at that time. But that, that was, you know, it was very clear that was what I wanted at 15. 
And if it had been a, a possibility then, um, you know, uh, I, I might have absolutely transitioned. I mean, probably would have. Um, and I kept coming back to the question over and over again at different times in my life. Um, what, you know, what's my truth? What's my path? And had many, you know, I've had many close friends, uh, you know, transition from, um, you know, being born female to uh, becoming men. And uh, so, yeah, many of my, my friends are, are trans men. And every time um, I would get to that point, uh, I just kept getting, you know, your, your path is, is to uh, hold your masculine energy um, in, in this body that you have. Uh, and that, that that's, that's your path. That, that's your, you know, that's your challenge. That's your path. That's your gift, whatever it is that, uh, and, and I would come back to it again, like, Hey, I'm going to get top surgery at least and do this. And every time it was like, um, your path is to be your complete self, uh, as you are. And, and again, there's, uh, you know, I'm not saying that my path is better or worse than anybody else's. It's just different. And I was like, I just kept, you know, asking myself, my higher self and, that has been uh, my truth. Now, you know, definitely there are times I'll look at my, my friends who have transitioned. I'm like, oh, man, they're so lucky. <laughs> you know, like, look at their awesome bodies. That's great. And they get to take their shirt off and all of that. Um, and I love them and admire them. Um, and I also love and admire myself for walking my path and listening to my truth. And I think that it's important for everyone to, uh, you know, to be in that inquiry and to be curious and to, to find out what's true for them. Um, you know, I have other friends that have transitioned without, uh, without hormones. Um, and, you know, I absolutely think that's awesome too. It's like, it's like, what is your truth? And there's not, there's not, again, there's not one right way. There's not one approach. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, one of the powerful things of being on the, being awake enough to realize and connect when you're on the gender spectrum. Um, I mean, everyone is, but not everybody realizes that because they're, they're cisgendered and they never even think about it. Just like, but they're going to have to think about it more and more now. Uh, but that we get to make our own decisions about what's right for us and not have somebody tell us it's, it's, this other one size fits all, or you have to fit in this box. This, if you're going to move over this box, it's got to be this way. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It makes perfect sense. Well, I know that uh, you have a very busy schedule today, and uh, so I wanted to give you a couple minutes just to, you know, I know we've been kind of talking a little bit about your books, but I'd like you to tell us a, a little bit more about them, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So, um the the first book I wrote was uh, uh, Why You Should Give a Damn About Gay Marriage, and that came out in 2004. I'm happy to say that you know that book uh, can be an it can be retired. It can be an archive now because we we do have marriage equality in the United States, and um, and I'm very pleased that you know we're we're at that place now, and that, that book can be retired. But uh, I have a few other books. Um, one is is a novel called Behind Barbed Eyes. And it's a, um, a novel based on my work as a psychologist in a women's prison. And um, I 
think it's a, a great book for, uh, you know, forgiving the unforgivable and learning about ourselves and our journey. In, and it's and it's a uh, told, you know, it's a novel. Um, sorry, my elevator pitch absolutely sucks on that one. Uh, and the other book, as we've just been talking about, uh, It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself, is a self-help book. Um, I like to think of it as a life coach in a book. And it really uh, supports you in um, being true to yourself and, and lots of exercises on how to listen to yourself, uh, how to uh, come back to yourself, to listen to your heart, and many stories of clients I've worked with and, and how they've overcome obstacles. And so I, I just think it's a great book for really, um, you know, finding your truth and living your truth and some great exercises in there. And it's cheaper than going to therapy. Um, and my most recent book that just came out, is called The Man of Paradigm Shift, Creating the Consciousness of Abundance and Freedom. And this is a, a sort of a spiritual self-help book about how to break free from the, the money paradigm that's out there, the um, enslavement um, paradigm that's going on that makes us think that we have to give away our power, again, to, to politicians, to corporations, to money, and how to live how to create a consciousness of abundance and freedom and how to um, remain sovereign. So what are the thoughts that we think that limit us? What are the ways that we give away our power and how to, how to come back to ourselves? I mean, both of these books are about how to reclaim your power. And it uh, combines cutting-edge psychology um, with ancient spiritual wisdom to um, you know, listen to your higher consciousness, to have greater flow in your life, to connect with prosperity, and to not be afraid. <laughs> that can be the yeah. hardest thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, all of uh, Davina's books are uh, available, looks like, on her on website, davinakatalski.com, and I will definitely have a link to that in the episode show notes. And it uh, looks like they have some really cool uh, courses on there on the, uh, the website as well. Well, uh, Dr. Davina yeah. Katulski, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jay. And, and uh, I really enjoyed talking with you. And um, I just wish you all the best on your journey of you know living your authentic life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, to all of the rest of you out there, stay safe and stay strong. <laughs>